I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 295 of Video Games Hot Dog, a piss blast about video games. How's it going, guys? We're really we're really going with that name? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's not, uh, yeah. it's not a name, it's just the word has changed. Just okay. a description. Right. <laughs> okay. It's, okay. Did you, what did you have for dinosaur today? <laughs> um, Alternatively, a Paul Blart about video games. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I am a Paul. Wait, wait. And any audio editing is you, referred to you're as not on board with Paul Blart? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I guess I appreciate Paul Blart as a meme. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm not super into it as a, uh, as an entertainment property. I, I celebrate every aspect of it. I will say I've been more entertained by piss blasts than I have by Paul Blarts. <laughs> I've never seen Paul Blart. No, well, you, neither me either. Seriously? You just use it? Oh yeah, all the time. I talk about it all the time without never ever having, having seen it. Yeah, it. and I think it's better that way. Yeah, probably. It's not a good movie. Oh, I I believe you. Okay, <laughs> not, but not I also a shred feel, of doubt in my mind. But I also feel that way about Freddy Got Fingered. Well, okay. I mean, you're wrong. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying that we, but we I, might disagree. I don't think that they're the same kind of thing at all. Yeah. Like just because they are bad comedies, in your estimation, and in a lot of people's estimation. Yeah. Although I bet Paul Blart Mall Cop is not that lowly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, we should do some. We should do some original research. <laughs> Eh, I'm not going to. Me either. <laughs> Maybe I'll put it in the. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Okay. Anyway, Freddy got fingered really unfairly maligned. I hope that West of Loathing is the Freddy got fingered of video games. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I hope it is really popular and it leads to us having a career making independent video games uh, in the future, uh, even though it has the lowest possible score on Metacritic. <laughs> Do we all have to take turns being married to Drew Barrymore? I. You can have my turn if you want. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I don't know. She's I've seen her in interviews, and she doesn't seem like somebody I'd want to hang out with that much. Oh, okay. Uh, what I, have you been I, up to? I, I've never seen her talk outside of a movie, so I know nothing about her as a, as a human being. Well, I don't either. I mean, I've only ever seen her on, you know, in character as Drew Barrymore being in, interviewed by David Letterman uh, or point. whatever. Even, even You don't know like, anything about anybody. Even interviews are probably not a really good way of... Jim, I've only ever seen you being interviewed by us. That's true. Yeah, I... I I wonder, like, I feel like I actually have less of a filter on this podcast than I do in real life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember once having a conversation with you in this room and you saying, oh, are we in character? <laughs> because we had started, like, I had leaned toward the mic because I just instinctively do that when we're in this room. Right. I don't think, I'm, I'm not <laughs> playing, I really am this awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I probably... I have to imagine that my um that you know my my characteristics change somehow but I can't ever make the observation because I can't observe myself unless I've been recorded. Mm. Well, and also if you do you don't know how fast you're going. Right? What if you've what if you've been recorded by somebody without your knowledge? Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay, then after I calm down, I can listen to the recording and like after you, right. after, after you, you calm down and find a place to dispose of the body, right? <laughs> okay. Do you do you have like worries about being recorded uh, against your will? Um, not 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 concrete ones. Okay. I mean, I've got the general like uh, NSA surveillance paranoia that I think everybody has at some low level. Um, worry that Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop. Mm -hmm. Is that is that a beam that you remember? <laughs> 
Uh, you mean is that the one where he like he's popped the ceiling tile off and he's sticking his head down? I think I've only seen it as just like a picture of Jeff Goldblum with the caption "Jeff Goldblum okay, is watching right. you poop," and you're presumably supposed to hang it in a bathroom stall. Or oh, that's that's smart. Do it's you... like that 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 painting of Chris Remo from Last Campo Santo Office, <laughs> right? Do you um cover up webcams on laptops and stuff with tape? Uh, no, because I'm too lazy to. But my last laptop had a little shutter oh. that you could manually close. Gosh. And it had like... And you trust that to not be like actually transparent to the camera? <laughs> yeah, it was. Or it just... Yeah, it, it, it both is transparent. It's a one-way mirror that also active, silently activates the webcam whenever you close it. <laughs> because it they know that's when you've got tiny, something to hide. It, it just has a tiny photograph of you on the inside of the shutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, one thing I thought was neat about that little shutter was that it was like a sliding, it was like a sliding little piece of plastic, mm-hmm. but printed, like etched into the piece of plastic was a circular, like aperture as if it was a fancy, like sci-fi closing <laughs> circle door. Right. Okay. Or I guess a camera, whatever you call the camera thing that does that. Aperture. Aperture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Oh, that's where it. the aperture science logo is, is one of those. Yeah. Yep. It all makes sense now. Yep. I had, a, I had a flight to Illinois for some family business, and I, I really messed up my sleep schedule. Had to do some late flights and some early flights, and so if I'm if I'm more sluggish than usual, it isn't because I've been drinking because I haven't. It's the middle of the day. Sorry, the podcast is late. It was. Uh, oh right, it is late. It was. It was mortality's fault. Mm. Uh, I went and uh, I went and hung out with a friend of mine that I had not really meaningfully seen in 26 years because they were dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, he asked me just over the course of, you know, an hour into the conversation, he asked me what I did for a living. And I told him that I made video games. And he said, yeah, it makes sense. You always did like wizards and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a pretty good, pretty good little pocket illustration of, uh, <laughs> of life. Of, yeah, of life from there to here for me. I, I, the, the accent wasn't quite that thick. I can't do a non-exaggerated version of sure. the accent from where I came from. But well, that's what you're supposed to do when you want to speak that language yeah. convincingly. Yep. <laughs> Just talk like you're making fun of the, the people who live where you grew up. Right. Yeah. Where – at what – like I assume you spoke with some accent at some point in your life or no? No. Like folks I, my dad, <laughs> yeah, my dad okay. sort of very much cultivated non-accented English speech in me. Did he grow up in the in that area? No, they were they were more northerly in Illinois. Okay, I think, and yeah, I don't. I'm just curious, like how he how like, he ended how he ended up with no accent. Yeah. I, I also, I mean, I think there's also some class differentiation that uh, happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You know. I mean, I, I I I think it's totally plausible that someone might even just like grow up watching movies made on in Hollywood, yeah, and want to talk like that, talk like Dan rather, talk like uh, talk like in a transatlantic accent. I hear there's a lot of uh, a lot of kids that are developing English accents because of watching English yeah. dudes play Minecraft on YouTube. Oh wow! I've I've heard even more specialized than that uh, a, a story about a mom who's like my kid would like be making these like sort of fake videos, like didn't have like a webcam or whatever, but was like making these fake videos and speaking in a British accent mm-hmm. about Minecraft, because yeah. that's just what, that's just what you sound like when you talk about Minecraft. Yeah. And only during that time did they have this accent, there which is, is kind of amazing. There is someone that's true. super annoyed on Twitter the other day that 
that because of watching Let's Plays, their kid will not shut up and just quietly play a video game. <laughs> they're just talking <laughs> constantly <laughs> while they're playing. I hate Jews! I hate Jews! <laughs> uh, I, I feel like it's already come up on this podcast, but it's so good, uh, good I'm going to say it again. Uh, the, the example of this that I heard was that there was a kid who uh, would, when he, whenever he was like, when someone would say goodbye, he would say, don't forget to like, comment, oh, and subscribe. Oh, yes, I heard that. That's so good. I remember you telling me about a friend's kid that w- they were playing some sort of playground game, and th- they were playing some sort of playground game that was based on Minecraft, and when someone tried to do something that was against the rules, they they called out, no mods, no mods. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I definitely, I mean, when I was in high school, there were definitely people who would only adopt a British accent when they were incessantly quoting Monty Python sketches. So And like when you were describing um, uh, the kid like putting on the, the, the Let's Play performance for nobody, I was thinking about like the uh, opening scenes of, uh, that, what was it, the Andy Kaufman biopic Man sort of? Man in the Moon. Yeah, where... Uh, Andy was like putting on a. He was like, what, "What? What? Do you remember what show he was replicating? It was he was like trying to do like one of the shows that he watched, like with puppets and as as oh, audience huh. members, as guests and guests, and like just like on his bed performing for the wall." I don't remember. Was it called "Man in the Moon" or "Man on the Moon"? The REM song that was about Andy Kaufman was called "Man on the Moon." I'm pretty sure it's named after the REM song. Yeah, Michael Stipe was like a producer of the movie. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was always confused until I actually heard that song. I, I didn't never could remember which which it was until I actually paid attention to the lyrics. And like, they put a man on. Yeah, the moon. they the didn't se- put a man in the moon right. unless like the mafia has been up to some crazy shit that we're not aware of. Right, some right. Looper level insanity. <laughs> yeah, you have to bury them on the moon because murder is illegal on Earth. Right, right. It's, it's a dystopian future where. <laughs> All the graveyards yeah. are full. So, <laughs> All right. This is a real George Romero situation. <laughs> no, it, no, it's not, you know, not the supernatural. We just ran out of room. Right. I mean, eventually. Was I, I was listening to, I think, a 99% Invisible about, uh, I think it was a, basically about Colma. Yeah. Like, which is just apparently a giant necropolis. Like, it's, Have you never gone down there? No. Whoa. Yeah. There's like, sometimes you have to go there to go to a store. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, it is really nothing but graveyards. That's bizarre it's creepy wow it sounds like it's worth a trip because there are like not they're they're kind of if you want to die like super super interesting i mean there might be some interesting ones but it's not like going to an old cemetery in paris or something where there's going to be like oh here's a cool 500 year old creepy goth angel statue okay so like whatever is it more like arlington where it's just everything is an identical no it's like just a modern kind of like from the 60s or 70s on those are still kind of cool yeah it there's i think what the ones that are interesting to me are the ones before the quality of materials used to make tombstones got so good that they're still like just shiny stone with very plainly legible etchings, even though the person died 50 years ago. I wonder if that is if like a hundred years from now that will just sort of begin to degrade the same way. that Yeah, I wonder. I don't, I don't I honestly don't know. Like, like Maybe the old ones also were polished. Yeah. Who knows? Could be. They could have been painted. I mean, they're. Well, yeah. You know, I think if you care for them, like there are hundreds of year old graves, good in where I learned English. In an upcoming episode of Train Hot Dog, uh, I disclose how um, how how much decay Abraham Lincoln's body had after fifty years after he was buried. Hmm. So look forward to that, listeners. Is this part of the linen de- degradation 
thing. It's part of the wedding planning hot dog. Good. I see. Are you choosing your wedding suit uh, based on the your assumption that you will be buried in it and wondering how? Uh, No, no. Like April and I will just like start recording saying, "Okay, it's time to plan the wedding and then just talk about whatever. Okay. And then sometimes that's actually wedding planning. Sorry, I forgot to publish the last one that you sent me before I left. Oh, no Um, worries. You're supposed to do four wedding funeral. No, I was trying to make a, a four weddings and a funeral. And apostrophe F-O-R-E wedding. Like I had to go to the funeral before I published wedding oh, hot dog. For wedding. For, oh. So d- didn't get there. Yeah, I, did not, I can see it though. I can see, I did the, not I can see get the skeleton there, of that That's joke. why I tried, yeah. Um, uh, there's still nothing in rural southern Illinois. <laughs> it's, okay. It's, you, know. you talked me out of going to coma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like like okay. There's some graveyards. I've been in a graveyard. Yeah, I like, mean you can if, see them. if it's just that like oh, there's a graveyard here and then another one across the street. Like I mean, I guess that's they're they're very very large because they they I think the 99 percent invisible explains this right. They just passed an ordinance that there couldn't be any cemeteries in San Francisco. And they also and moved so all the bodies. They, they had moved yeah old like there. old 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 ones. There are only a handful that are like at Catholic churches. Is very that, small is that true? Uh, cemeteries here. Yeah. Which I think the same thing is true in New York City. There aren't like big cemeteries in New York City. Um, anyway, what you what you get up to while I was gone, Kevin? Uh, the, well, I guess this wasn't technically while you were gone, but I watched the new Spider Man movie, Spider Man Homecoming. How's that? It was fine. You know, it's it was a good it was a good Marvel movie. It's a it's like an origin story kind of, but without the like starting at the spider bite kind of thing. Wait, is Spider Man Marvel? Is Spider Man one of the Avengers? He Spider Man was of. like in some Marvel movies recently, so I assume so. Is he, he Avenger? He, he, was in the, he was introduced in the newest, like in the most recent sort of Avengers movie, and so this is his like Marvel continuity sort of origin story kind of thing, but. Is he still bitten by a radioactive spider? It is, but it's it does. They don't ever show it, as far as I know. Like it's just talked about. Like, so they which is they nice. did not actually make the same movie for like the third or fourth time. Not really. In like, what five years? It's so like he. I mean, he has. I don't know. It, they they. I think they did a pretty good job of like making this a somewhat different take on the origin story. It was good in that way. You know, it's still a, kind of a dumb superhero movie. So, like, it, but if you accept that as a baseline, it's it's good for one of those. Spider-Man is kind of a dumb superhero. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's the proportionate strength and speed of a spider. Yeah, the the thing that they've done in this is that his suit is actually built by Tony Stark, so it's got, like, a bunch of shit going on. Because yeah, I, I remember of Spider-Man when I was a kid, I was under the impression that his web slinging thing was a machine that he built that he had little yeah. actuators yeah. in his yeah, palms yeah. that is that is true that but is then true with the now. with the toby keith toby mcguire yeah what's that guy's name who played spider-man in the first reboot uh, now I can't toby stark <laughs> uh I, I think, it was like he was, was ejaculating out of his arms right like yeah yeah which like like far be it from me to dig into like superhero lore but that like makes more sense to me than like he got bitten by a spider and had got these powers and also was a, a brilliant genius. engineer to build a You don't think it also gave him the proportionate intelligence of a spider? <laughs> <laughs> uh 
That would be a good movie. And also the proportionate number of eyes. <laughs> oh, man, scaled up to human Yeah, well, that's size. why he has that mask on is because yeah. he's just got the little crescent of like eight eyes. Mm. Bad. And they all have goat pupils. Uh, Jesus. What have you been up to, Riff? Mm, I played some more of those uh, 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 escape room in a box games. Oh. I now have six of them waiting for Holy the time. Shit. Well, I bought two f- uh, from the series that I had one of that. Yeah. Uh, for for you and I to do, and then I bought another one that I didn't realize until it showed up is actually four in a box. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. That's, that's did you do any other brand than that exit the game riff? Yeah, I did. Um, let me see here. Let me twist around and look at the names of them. Oof. Actually, let me grab the box over here. Ugh. All right. So at this point, all of your shelves are just so close to you that you can yeah, you don't have the, to ever pretty much. stand up to do anything. I mean, the, uh, there there are lots of shelves over on the other side of the room, but those are filled with stuff that I'm less likely to need here at my desk. Okay, uh, like your Eldar army. Uh, I don't have an Eldar army actually. I was Tyranids anyway back when I played. Um, <laughs> so I have I got um. The one that you were probably, I assume, just talking about, uh, Escape Room the Game, which is a box of four escape rooms. Um, and that, that, the, the sort of gimmick on that is that it comes with a, like a, a thing that looks like a cheap plastic, uh, clock radio. And with it, so it has its own LED countdown timer. Um, and it has, well, it also has a lot of, like, molded plastic buttons and knobs and switches that don't actually function. They're just on this box. It's kind of fisher Pricey looking, except black instead of bright colors. So, I don't know. It's kind of chintzy, but it, it does the trick. It it's, it's a digital countdown timer and makes kind of weird noises. And also it has these four slots in the top of it, and it comes with a, a collection of uh, a little plastic keys that have all different information all over them. Like each one has a letter and a number and a Roman numeral and, uh, I don't know, like a, a, a symbol, a shape, you know. And so the, the way the puzzles work is each one resolves and each puzzle resolves into an answer consisting of four things so like four geometric shapes for example and you find the four keys that match those shapes and slot them into the slots on top of this box and it either makes a buzz to tell you you're wrong or a or a bing bong to tell you that you're right and that it, it works it works pretty well it's it's uh it's it's um i don't know it's a little gimmicky but it's effective you know and it's it's a little more satisfying than than spinning around a cardboard uh, code wheel. Yeah, the code wheel thing. Did the other? Have you done any of the other games? You have, right? You did yeah. the pyramid one from the exit. Of the game. Does that yeah. have the same code wheel structure and answer cards and stuff? Yeah. Huh. That's that's a little disappointing. I was hoping that those would be mechanically novel. Oh, it, uh, each each one in the series would be. Yeah, yeah. compared to the the cabin one. Yeah, we like when, once you, once you figure out a system that works, it's hard to to. Convince yourself to reinvent that wheel every game. Haha, <laughs> that's yeah. literally oh, a wheel. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't really imagine uh, any given series uh, changing the changing up the mechanics too much from, from one to, to the other within that series just for that reason. 
Um, but the 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 uh, I played like the first one out of the first escape out of that box, and it, it was okay. Um, I felt like the puzzles were not clued too great. It it has a system where you, there's a stack of of hint cards, and they do like the the red plastic view scope thing, like uh like the transformers. Uh, bylines on the back of the box where you get that red filter to see them with and the uh the countdown timer alerts you every so many minutes when it's when it's uh when it's legal for you to look at the next hint card and i ended up using pretty much every single one of them uh because the the puzzles were the hinting on them was and well in some cases it was it was just not well hinted and in some cases there were hints that you could find but they were kind of overly vague and it wasn't clear exactly what the hint was saying um and also i there was a stumbling block i had at the end where um a lot of the puzzles in at least in the the first uh the first you know episode uh resolve around uh, finding things on uh uh, on a on a picture um and the stuff you were looking for was kind of too small compared to the print quality of the picture so there was like i don't know how how to how to phrase this without giving anything away but like the last thing in the game that i was looking for uh just even even after getting the hint uh, that told me explicitly where in the picture it was and seeing it and going, well, I guess that's it, but what is that a picture of? Because it was just this tiny pinhead blur. It was kind of unfortunate. Um, but on the whole... I wonder if they... I wonder if they like designed all this like on a computer and had high resolu- resolution images and then didn't yeah, realize that like didn't... when you print it, it's going to have a screen on it that's going to... Yeah, mess with that. that, that yeah, it could also be, be that like next edition will ha- will fix that problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And and you know, on, on the whole, was pretty good. And considering that it's like thirty or thirty five bucks for four escapes, is is pretty good uh, money wise as things these things go. Like less than ten bucks for an hour's escape uh, is is a pretty good price as these boxed things go. Well, does it take you an hour, or does it only take you 20 minutes? Uh, this one took me almost the entire hour just because of the vagueness of the clues. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, that one's actually timed. The yeah. the exit the game ones are just like, time how long it takes you, and then here's a chart that says how you did based on like how long you took and how many hint cards you had to look at. I okay. fucked up, and like I paused it f- to go make right. cocktails and then forgot to start it up again when I came back, so I have no idea the, uh, what we did on it, but... The other one I played was I did um, I did one of Unlock with an exclamation point. Escape <laughs> Adventures. And the specific one I did is called The Formula. And, it, and that, that's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's entirely a deck of cards and a phone app. And the app does, mm-hmm. you know, your timer and your creepy background music and uh, a penalty button in case you, in case you're told to take a penalty. So it, <laughs> takes a couple case, of minutes off you your you time. Don't like yourself. Yeah, exactly. And uh and things like uh you know, if you have a uh 
a combination lock. It has a thing that you can push and type in the numbers to test out the, the lock, what, what your guess is for it. Um, and the, the way, the way this sort of works as, uh, mechanically is it's a deck of cards with all different numbers on the backs of all the cards and they're not in sequence uh, and, and not all numbers are represented but on the the front of the cards generally you've got either red cards or blue cards and the blue cards tend to be things like keys and the red cards tend to be things like locks and so if you want to try a key on a lock you add together the the blue number and the red number and if you if there is a card in the deck that has that total on its mm. back, then then you take that card. And that's that's clever. But like, if there's an app that's doesn't even seem necessary to have that sort of clever y- mechanic. Yeah, really. If there's an app, why is it not just a video game instead of a boxed? <laughs> yeah. Well, thing. the the app the app generally is just for like. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they they only use. They only wanted to use the app, like when it was necessary. Like there, there's. Well, a, it, it, there's can a, you play it without the app? Is it optional? No. Well, well, I'm, I'm confused. Also, like, what is no, the like moment to moment interaction? Like, are you solving puzzles to get keys and locks? Yeah, kind like, of. There, there's. Well, some of them are like uh, your basic. Uh, uh, point-and-click adventure sort of puzzles where he's like, well, I've got this object and this thing, so I'll rub the two of these together and see if it works. Wait, so you're like, you're adding the thing to the thing, like it's the yeah. key and the lock? Right. But, so, but that, like, that's not really solving a puzzle, no, right? Like, that's just they're not, they, they're... searching through this stack of cards for a thing that's... But you're, you're yeah. thinking of, like, I'll use this on this. Right. And hopefully, like, the process of actually adding and searching is arduous enough that you're not doing that with every combination you're doing. You have... Right. I guess. But I, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, me, if I were playing this, I would be like, oh, I see this number, like, well, I would... I yeah. see these two numbers in the deck. I need yeah. to get the, this number out so I can get to this one. Right. I Although I, like, I wouldn't know like which are the important ones, but yeah, that he would be back solving things based yeah. on knowing what things existed in the deck. I don't mm. think that most people a that it would occur to them to yeah. try also, to do card, that. I mean, they're the just like ruining the their own experience. Are not in numerical order, sure, there, there is yeah. a lot of shuffling through them. Uh, and at, also, people don't like doing mental math yeah. all the time the way that you guys. Do. I know, Jim, you're always like calculating the angles as to like your life is always like those scenes in like. I don't know, the Danny Boyle, Sherlock Holmes movie where he's figuring out where to punch the dude. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a fair number of penalty cards in the deck, too, as, as red herrings. Oh, like if, you, if you added wrong, you yeah. get another... It, yeah, if you added wrong... Oh, so, okay, so if you... There's a few no, that so are, like, you... red herring things that, that you know, if you, if you tried to rub, you know, object A against object B just because you had those two cards... There might oh, be a, a, there like might an be a using response. For yeah, it. exactly. There that's, might be oh, a card great. for that in the deck, and the, and it says you know, well, good try, but that doesn't work. Push the penalty button twice or whatever. What? Why would you get penalized for finding a cool joke? <laughs> well, because it, it wasn't because it take, because it takes time. It, it's you're, <laughs> because you're wasting time basically. Uh-uh. You you were right about the red cards being like locks if one of them is a herring. Oh, very good. That took me a second. Um, 
what else do I have to say about this? Oh, right. There's there's two uh, sort of caveats that I think it'd be good for people to know going into playing this. It, it's pretty good. I I I uh, I liked it a lot. Not 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 quite as much as um, what was it? Exit the game. I think Exit the game is still the best ones of these I've played so far. But I would put this in second place. And uh, but what you need to know is that they they have a mechanic which is. Uh, mentioned in the manual, but it doesn't really underscore it hard enough, where, um, well, one of the things that, one of the ways you get new cards is if some of the cards, each card has a picture of whatever that card represents, obviously, and some of them have just numbers just right on there, like if you're looking at a desk, some of the objects on the desk, pictured on the desk will have their own little number on them indicating that that's another card you can claim or you might have like the game starts with a card that is just a top-down view of the room that you're in and it has like six or seven numbers on it just representing individual stations in that room so then do you just automatically pick up all six of those things yeah you just automatically claim those cards Um, Okay. But there's also occasionally what it does is it has numbers that are hidden. Like if you're looking at, Ah. so here, uh, as a made up example, maybe you're looking at a desk and a couple of things on the desk have their regular obvious numbers on them. But there might also be like in the shadow underneath the desk, like a very faint uh, number. That if you see it, if you notice that that number is there, you can claim that card. But mm. the thing is, there are no optional cards in the deck. Like you have to find you have to every card. Find yeah. So if you if you don't notice that hidden number and don't end up going back to that card and and finding it, you're just stuck. So uh, and and the game mentions that these exist and that you should be looking out for them, but it doesn't really underline how important it is that you find them. <laughs> I mean, that is how an escape room works, though, yeah, right? I mean, yeah, we often I, get I stuck because we yeah. didn't find something early on that turned out to be necessary. Yeah, I can't complain to, about it too hard. Uh, just, you know, it's something that you need to be aware of when playing it. And similarly, there are... Um, occasionally you find a thing that, uh, that it refers to as machines, which is a setup like... Uh, you might have a card that depicts a control panel with several different buttons and switches on it, and each button and switch is labeled with its own small individual number, and the value of that card when, you, when you're adding it to get, you know, to see if you can find another card is determined by adding up the small numbers for all the buttons you want to push. And, and so, like... If you're going to push these three buttons, then you add together those three numbers, and that represents the red number that you're then going to add to the blue number, which is the electricity that you've sent to the control panel or whatever. Hmm. Um, hmm. And what's important to know there is that not the the all the various myriad possible combinations of numbers that that could result in have not been vetted against the deck, so you can't guess at all on those you have to wait until some other card just gives you the instructions for that control panel or whatever. Because if you what try... You haven't been vetted. Like, because if you pick, well, I'll take this button, this button, this button, and add them together, that might result in a card just coincidentally. 
but it'll be a card that you shouldn't be seeing. Yeah, they didn't construct it in such a way that only the correct answer has a matching card, right. the way that they presumably did with the keys and locks. Right. Weird. Yeah. I, I figure it would just, it probably would not be feasible just because some of these control panels have like a dozen little numbers on them. They would need to start using multiplication instead. Yeah. Yeah. If they did multiplication and all of the numbers were prime, you could do it. Yeah. Right. The app could have a multiply button. Well, actually what they did, and I didn't realize this until uh, after the game was over, but there's apparently been an update to the app that uh, is not explained when you boot up the app. And because it's newer than the box, it isn't mentioned in the manual. Um, but the app now has a button for these machines that you hit the button and give it the number of the card and it gives you that picture of that machine. And instead of having the little numbers on it, it just has little buttons. So you just tap, you know, these are the three buttons I'm going to hit and enter. And it tells you if that's uh, the correct solution or not. Um, so I guess you could, and if you're, if you're, Using that, I guess you could make guesses, but it would be the it would be a bad move to do so because every every wrong input is gonna is gonna penalize you a couple of minutes. Hmm. But uh, but that's actually well, I mean, it's actually pretty slick. It's cool that they did that. I just wish that it was announced somewhere so that I could have used that instead during the game. I'm excited to try some of these out with my buddy Kevin. Yep. 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 Yeah. I, I mean, I would I would like to play them with you too, Riff. It's just that you're in a different city. Yep. Different place. And different I miss you all the time. A different time. Oh. Same same time. <laughs> he just means because he wears a hat. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, He's in they're a they're time. um unlock uh unlock escape adventures. It's pretty good. I actually heard about that, was... that one from uh, Penny Arcade. Yeah, that was the first one that I learned about, and it was out of stock on Amazon, so that's why I got these others that were that were similar when I realized there's apparently a whole scene of these things. How did you get a copy of Time Barons? Did you back a Kickstarter for it or something? Or No, um, I ordered it through the Game Crafter. They were selling it just print-to-order. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That might have changed. It might be... I tried to... I just, like... Oh, you were trying to buy a copy of it for three Melissa. months or six months ago. I was yeah. trying to buy a copy of it. It sounds like it's being picked up by a publisher and will be. Okay. Re- so they probably just had to stop selling the. Okay. That like, makes sense. It was effectively so, print and play, but it was printed by a professional board game printer. Yeah. What, what is uh, on, that? On printed, printed to order. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, because the Game Crafter is like where I prototyped all the Horrible Farm stuff. Right. Like they'll print. You know, they'll just sell you a, a board game if you tell them what all to put in it. It's way more expensive than it would be. Sure. I think, but it was still. I mean, I feel like that was only like twenty or twenty-five bucks or something for, it's just for a time bunch of cards. Yeah, right? it was cards and some counters, but in a box and yeah. a, with a manual. I mean, and there's art. there's some labor right associated with producing it. Um, but it's a labor of love, yeah. labor of war. So <laughs> all still fair. Sure. You guys ready to talk about video games? Sure. After that masterful segue. All right. What'd you play, Jim? Uh, I played uh, I played a game called Grand Ten Auto New City hmm. on my okay. mobile phone. Okay. Uh, the logo was stylized like New City was written in like pink neon like Vice script, City. like Vice City. Um. And uh, this is a game with like a, with a million downloads. 
uh-huh. on the Android Play Store. And like a not terrible rating. It's got like 3.8 or something. Um, it's really bad. Okay. <laughs> is it, is it like a GTA style? It's, it's, a, game? it's trying to be like, uh, like it's clearly like one person, you know, spent a few weeks trying to make like something that's going to look like GTA in the app store. And what they managed to do was they have this intro sequence, uh, where, like you are like running down a corridor and some plot happens. It's kind of like a like th- bad third, crime pastiche. Third yeah, first, third person. Okay. Um, with like eh, middling like phone for like third person shooter controls, uh, and f- even good phone third person shooter controls are terrible. So right. not very good. Uh, you do that for like five minutes, and then you get out and. The city itself that you pop out into, at that point, there stops being any plot or mission. So you're just running around this space. Um, and, uh, like there, are, it, it pop up, it pops up an ad every 30 seconds or so. I in always. In the environment or in like. It, it, a, over the, over the, over the, what you're, the game you're playing. Okay. So like you need to like sit through this ad. Um, and for me, I, it was always an ad for, uh, there's apparently a mobile game called Final Fantasy 15 which sure. I, I yeah, are you sure it's not just a rip off of I it it I think it look it looks legit it looks like it's based on like it's got the same characters in it I think it's like uh I think the Final Fantasy games have like every new Final Fantasy game has uh a bunch of spin-offs with basically the same name um so it has like broody tween yeah and well, they, they, these guys look like they're in their early twenties. I see. Yeah, okay. Final Fantasy fifteen is the road trip dads one. So, <laughs> yeah, but like dads of like babies, not I, dads of yeah. like yeah. Okay, so everything that I hear about newer Final Fantasy games, they're like this one. You're in a rock band, and there's a lot of different outfits that you can put on. Are you still like fighting goblins and yeah, shit? Yeah. Why goblins and soldiers? <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, because you're in a tyrannical dystopian society where your band is against the law, and so you're having to fight the government. Like, how are you, dads, on a road trip in, <laughs> like, one of those dads r- is a prince, I think. And are you just constantly trying to be assassinated by robots? One, and I'm, one of the dads I'm never like keeps taking selfies during combat, and you get to see them later. I. <laughs> For real though, like I, none not, of these things sound like I video games. They, I, they, I haven't played these, these these games, but like I, I have to say, like I want to play just the dad road trip part of Final Fantasy 15, yeah, and then yeah. like, but there's like all this. I'm guessing there's 900 JRPG. hours of JRPG combat yeah. that you're gonna have to do yeah. to. Yeah, and also like that section ends, and then there's like 90 percent of the game left. <laughs> there's all the not road trip part, right? Where you have to go visit Ruby Monument, right? Um, but that's optional. It's optional to stop at Ruby Falls in in uh, Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. Um, but then, what else is going on in the city between the ads? Um, or did you just want to talk about the Final Fantasy game? I, I, I would like to talk about that at some point, but I have to play it first. Um, oh, well, th- yeah, I'll talk about this. This this Final Fantasy game, the ad is actually playable. It's like a a tower defense game. Where like the, 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 the ad pops up over your game and it's actually like a live JavaScript program that's like where you're dragging like farms to build up more currency on, onto the play field and then you drag towers to shoot the oncoming soldiers. 
And yeah, this, I think I think I've, this is sort of a genre of ad that's been popping up over the past six months or a year. It's yeah. just playable ads because I've seen I've seen this kind of thing for bejeweled clones and I've seen it for like bubble bubble clones. Yeah, and yeah. It, there was one that kept popping up in something I was playing where it was kind of a Crimson Lands twin stick shooter yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, and like I, I said, it was mostly Final Fantasy fifteen ads, but I saw some for like this game where you're like. It's it's kind of like a an elaboration on Spy Hunter where you're shooting things on a highway, and like all these games look kind of like I like I I saw one for like a you're building a garden and you're playing a match three game to like get more currency to build your garden, and like all these games are like kind of it's kind of interesting like I might be into that but then I realize like if they're advertising it on these ad networks it's got to be predatory it's got to be like yeah exactly like it's going to be have terrible microtransactions in it and the other the other half of that is that there are there were playable ads for games where the the, the ads gameplay had nothing to do with the actual games gameplay. oh wow i think w- the one that you were talking about was one of those because i think that was like a, a war game where you didn't actually do any base building or tower defense stuff i think it was like oh that's so bad it's like a multiplayer game where you build you build bases, but they're but you're not like I mean, so. It's like a Clash of Clans kind of a kind thing. Of, I probably. think so. I mean, I don't. I didn't explore it, but like that was the impression that I got. That it was yeah. that there's a little disclaimer. It's like ad does not reflect actual gameplay That's or something so like that. So dumb. Yeah. That's so dumb. Well, I mean, like the, they get you to spend more time on it because it's an ad. Sure. That you can play. Sure. Right. And their but hope like is it, that was, that will, it didn't like give me a good impression of the game. Like sure. It. I. They, so I saw. They, I saw multiple Final Fantasy 15 ads. One was that playable gameplay, and one was like video of the actual gameplay. And the video of the actual gameplay looked way better. Like the art was just way better. Right. And presumably it's because they weren't like downloading assets in right. the size. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when I was back in Illinois, my cousin was playing some clicker game like equivalent of Simpsons tapped out. And I think it's the, there's one that I've seen advertisements for that's based on the television show trailer park boys Hmm. that has just come out, but he was playing a version of it that he had like effectively just hex edited to turn to like crank the, the like coin multiplier or whatever up all the way. So it was basically just playing a Simpsons tapped out style game, but instead of it, you know, taking a year to see all of the stuff, it was just like a week, yeah, whatever. And that I, that's pretty good idea. Yeah, I think because I bet I bet that makes it okay. As uh, like, there's probably about enough gameplay to sustain the 45 minutes that it will take you in total to play through the whole thing <laughs> at a hundred x the speed they, yeah, they give you by default. So this city, yeah. I heard it's new. It's new. The new city. Uh, it Grand like, 10? Grand, Grand 10 yeah. Auto, New Donk City. <laughs> I don't know why 10. I think it's just because it looks kind of like the... So they think it's Grand The Auto? Um, Grand like The FT the is Auto. the first three letters of theft. Okay. Grand, it could be, it Grand, been the Grand The, the auto. Featuring Auto. Yeah. Uh the city is like there's no there was no attempt at making it be the scale of a Grand Theft Auto city. So it was just like here's enough buildings that will like they, we can fit in all the buildings we can fit in RAM. <laughs> um, and so it's it's I don't know a couple of blocks, and then there's pedestrians that don't react to anything you do except you can shoot them and then they fall over or you can hit them with the car and they fall over. Okay. And there's cars that don't react to anything you do except you can go up and steal them. 
And like it, it's got like the bare bones, like this is the essence of GTA, which is like stealing cars and running people over. So I guess like if that's all you want out of it, you kind of get it. But like then the cops never show up. You can get wanted stars, but the, they didn't implement the police. <laughs> okay. So uh, as they were looking at their to-do list, as the project deadline loomed, you think they just said, fuck the police? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and decided that 911 would just be a joke in this town. <laughs> the- <laughs> Are there radio stations? Uh, nope. <laughs> just, I mean, you just click it and it just like loads up an API for a random Pandora station. That's a really good, like, that's a really good way to handle that. Like, <laughs> surely they wouldn't let you. Yeah. Well, maybe you couldn't maybe just write a, like a, you couldn't just write a wrapper for you door, for you door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> you get mail in this game. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and it's, it's from grandma. It's, <laughs> hmm. Uh, they, uh, but like they could, I don't know. They could have had a shoutcast station in there. Yeah, there are probably some of those left. I mean, Radio KOL is still a shoutcast station. That's yeah, still there you running, go. So you could, you could listen to some unlicensed Jonathan Colton songs. So, <laughs> ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, phone games, man. Yeah, there's so. The best and the worst games. That finally, some more clue puzzles went on sale for Tech Shift or Type Shift. Yeah, anybody, I haven't played them yet. Yeah, I, I I realized I still had some that I hadn't played before, so I've just been going through those one or two a day. It's fun. It's a good, it's a good puzzle game. You didn't play anything other than Grand Ten Auto New City. Yeah, uh, I I play. You know, I, I kind of want to talk about the the New York Times um, crossword puzzle app. Okay. This is some pretty good crossword puzzles. Yeah. Are you only recently starting to do them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like have dabbled in crossword puzzle in my life. Are you starting back at the beginning of the archive and working your way forward? Uh, no, because I, I don't actually subscribe to the New York Times. So you so can like, only do the ones today I, or whatever? Like, well, they give you like a, a week of trials and the trial is just like you can do the, the, the past week of crossword puzzles. But then there's like a bunch of like packs you can buy. Huh. Um, and I'm doing those. That's cool. Yeah. The getting access to all of it is like 20 bucks a year on That's iOS. That's not bad. At least. Yeah. It's, it's been and like as many crosswords as you can eat. Yeah. I think so. I mean, as many as they, but they still will sell you the holiday packs and stuff. But I, I wish that you could buy packs of like, like if you could just sort by weirdness uh-huh. and then yeah. buy a pack of just the weirdest ones, <laughs> even, or even just like, I would just pay for that curation, even if I could probably scroll back in the archives and play the ones that just had some cool gimmick or whatever. It's like, you know, it's going to be yeah. a Sunday. One. It's almost always going to be a Sunday, <clears> but they're not always that weird. That's you know, true. like, like I want them sorted by how much I would like them and yeah. then the ability to just have the ones that I would like the most <laughs> presented to me. Yeah. Should just email Will Shorts and say, hey. Okay. This is just a want. short note to, to ask if you. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't he not do them anymore? Oh, I don't know. Is that, is that a thing? They f- I read that article that said they fired him for not being woke enough. What? It's right before old man Murray invented Gamergate. Oh, man. That article made me so, like, it really hurt. <laughs> that that article really hurt to read, like, because it hit home really hard. Yeah. Me. Like, I, I, I think old man Murray invented in Gamergate is, like, a pretty, like, it's, that's a stretch. But I do think that it's fair to say that they were extremely influential edgelords. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just contributing to a culture, yeah. At a time when people were, yeah, a little and more like, impressionable or whatever. I, you know, they they were they were and still are incredibly funny. 
And yeah, I mean, that's the problem with like, you know, the, the reason that so many people like who weren't really racists perpetuated a lot of racist jokes is because in addition to being like unconscionable and hateful, those jokes were also pretty fucking funny. Right. Right. Yeah. Like because the mechanisms of humor work. Regardless of the content. Well, and, in a lot of ways, regardless of, yeah. And like okay. thinking about it from the other direction, like if you are saying something horrible, it, the audience will read it as less horrible if it is very funny. They, well, they are more likely hmm. to accept it and not like hate you and think you're a bad person. That's, that's if, actually interesting because like there was a, like a Lindy West op-ed recently, uh, in I think the New York Times, uh, who was, her, her point was like, are you really like, uh, on the side of, of women or whatever? And if so, like you need to stick up for us more often when there are these like all guys discussions where somebody trash talks a woman or something like that. And she's like, yeah, it's going to suck because everyone's going to be like, dude, you're just being a downer or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, it, it sucks. That's what we've had to do. Like, that's what we've been dealing with. And it's, I think it's, it's the, it's the sort of flip argument to that where it's like when, as soon as you say something that isn't funny, it like brings the mood down, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, I really only ever read the highlights of old man Murray, you know, like the and kids the, version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas uh, what, what's, what are goofus and gallant up to gallant? Yeah. G- there's oh my god they're they're trapping what was it jason what what the fuck was that guy's name anyway there was one of my like favorite and most egregious old man murray uh paragraphs was describing like trapping some like some game developer they didn't like in an enclosed glass sphere filled with his own waste products it's funnier when they say it <laughs> yeah i i mean it's like you know, all of the Sean Baby shit about Phil Collins. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's homophobic, uh-huh. and I wouldn't write it, uh-huh. but, it, man, it's still funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I... And it, like, the, and I think there is a version of that joke that is not homophobic, and it's unfortunate that, like... That he didn't write that one instead? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I... This old memory was extremely influential on me personally, like my style of humor. And I wonder if that would make me a horrible person if I wasn't. I didn't also love like Homestar Runner around the same time, mm-hmm. which is super wholesome. Yeah. Um, and it's weird. It, it is like making me want to like go back and like even just the game I released last year. Just go back and fucking did I put any really shitty edgelord jokes in this? Because of the old man Murray influence, and I want I want to check. Yeah, we oh, we occasionally go back and and tweak some stuff in KOL without telling anyone because yeah. they'll they'll. Yeah. I mean, like Did you everyone, any sexy thirteen year olds? You know, every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll get an email that was like, "Stop being such a cuck on your podcast. You used to not <laughs> you used to not be afraid to have shitty shitty attitudes about things." I'm like, "All right, man, just like." Okay, I think this is probably a sign that I'm on the right track, but yeah. ugh, man, yeah. it, yeah. So I don't know. We like we got into the habit of just starting to starting to like edit our shittier stuff back in time without really consulting anyone about it, and it's been fine. Yeah, like it's you know the, the internet has. You know, maybe what we do want is for everything to just move to Facebook because they're never going to surface your 
racist jokes from 20 years ago, you know, like because they know that nobody nobody's going to engage with those. Like maybe it's good for Angel Fire to die. Uh, yeah. And for Google's Usenet archives to go away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to burn Twitter to the ground, though. Right. I don't actually believe that. Yeah, it's real. It's it's surprisingly hard to, like, get your entire Twitter archive. Can't you just uh, go to the Library of Congress and check? Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. You just look it up. You figure out where you are in the Dewey Decimal System. Oh, looks like I'm under R for racist. <laughs> yeah, because that's how Dewey Decimal System works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just an alphabetical list of topics. It's an alphabetical <laughs> list of adjectives that has <laughs> everything that is described. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, you played Old Man Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Edgelord Simulator. Yeah. Um, all I remember, other than the Time to Create thing, was their Deus Ex review that was just about carrying the flag oh, yeah, yeah. around the United yeah, yeah, that was great. headquarters. Think, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I think that's a good... I, I don't think there's any racism in that one. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... I don't know that... The, like it wasn't ever called out explicitly in this thing for racism so much as just like really casual, like real shitty misogyny. Uh, there was there was a little bit of racism in there, mm. um, and like using the word retarded. Yeah, like I, like this article, like I, I so talking to people who like didn't ever read Old Man Murray, like, and and it's pretty clear this article like very like does not convey it being funny at all. Yeah. It just conveys it being horrible. Right. It's, um, I mean, it's like the way that people on Metafilter feel about Reddit because it's like, oh, Reddit, the child porn place. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah. yeah. Now, look, Reddit has a lot of stuff on it, including child porn. Well, well not it's, anymore. I mean, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you sell child porn once, and that's all people are going to remember you for. The guy who sells child porn. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I played a game that. I think is really, really, really good. And I think that Riff will probably like it, but I think that the other two of you will probably not like it at all. Huh. Uh, it is called Void Pyramid. Oh, okay. And I found out about this because apparently there's an Android version of it uh, that uh, Grew the Wanderer in the video games hot dog Slack was talking about. I think um, I've played this. It is, it is a very... It is a JRPG that is made in this engine that is called something impossible to remember because it's like old hamster man's RPG creation engine. It's like OHM RPG CE is what mm. it's, it's, it's written in. Um, it is a very sort of like rudimentary looking JRPG with pixel art, like great, great pixel art. Um, huh. the sprites are like, I don't know, 16 by 16, maybe. Um, Looking at the Play Store, what I played was Ramble Planet by the same developer. Oh, man, I want to play more stuff by the same developer. It So this was credited to a person named A. Hagen, H-A-G-E-N. Um, I was flipping through the Tumblr. Tumblr? Is it a Tumblr? Yeah, I think the website is a Tumblr or like a Word a WordPress site that's laid out like a Tumblr. Um, and one of the, one of the projects was uh, like a... 
like, uh, it, it reminded me of some of the like narrative Frank Zappa stuff where it was like a person talking and telling a story and then there's some music and sometimes it's a song and sometimes not like just like an audio only musical theater thing, uh, which led me to believe that this person is male uh, based on the sound of his voice. Um, but there's not really anything in the way of biographical information that the only, the most recent release and the only other thing that he has on itch is, a. It's like a collection of lost Nintendo games. It's like a six pack of little games that like look like they could be on a Nintendo, but obviously weren't. Um, but that sounds like the sort of thing I'm into. Yeah. Um, and Void Pyramid is, I think the thing that you would not like about it is that it is kind of a grindy JRPG. Yeah. Um, with random encounters that pop up. You, there is like, there's not achievements to it. It's just free on Steam. Um, and it's and it's weird because like I would definitely have bought this game if it were five dollars, right? If I saw it and saw like a paragraph of the writing and they wanted five dollars for me to play this game, I would definitely do it. But I doubt if anybody else would. You know, I think that it, it still makes me sad that it's it's this good and the person has probably made zero dollars from it. But it is set in a like kind of like dune level future where it's so far into the future that like anything is possible basically but egyptian civilization has sort of come back into style and so you're in this giant pyramid that launched as a kind of arcology into space and then it got there was a coup and then everything broke down and so now it's just like a jrpg zone with wandering monsters but all of the all of the monsters are just like sort of cyberpunk versions of egyptian gods and monsters and stuff and there's sort of like treasures to collect there are you have like six or eight stats um three of which are used to overcome non-combat obstacles which are largely about getting new treasures or getting opening shortcuts through they're not the space itself is not very large it's like a triangular play field to to simulate a pyramid and it's like maybe seven rooms across on the bottom and one room across on the top so it's it's pretty small um there's there's wandering monsters there's an item that you can use to turn off wandering monsters for a long time so i think that probably playing cleverly you wouldn't ever have to have do any fighting but it to me the idea of figuring out how to play it that cleverly is more tedious than just grinding levels by fighting stuff because yeah one like thinking is always harder than working (laughs) yeah um i mean still even though i like i want to say that the ending sequence that i got told me that i had fought 280 or 290 fights each of which lasted you know they they last a few seconds like there's really only one so you finished this game yeah yeah yeah. it takes like three hours okay yeah but it it was three really came close to the end of Ramble Planet before I gave up on it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about Ramble sure, Planet. Sure, sure. I'd yeah. like to... I, I'm just like... like I'm, Void Pyramid doesn't exist on iOS because I, I was like, oh, this is one of those things like open sorcery where I, like, I've played this and I know I like it and I want to give this person some money so I'm going to find a platform that I can buy it on. Yeah. And I was hoping that Void Pyramid can, would be like, for sale. They, on, are they selling other things on Itch? I mean, I could also go to Itch and just buy it and give money yeah, there, yeah. right? Yeah. So, But everything was free. Like... Uh, if they, if you need to charge for your stuff, dudes. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know. You know, I don't know if it, 
if it works, right? Like it's the, just the writing in Void Pyramid is so good. Like the, the setting that has been created is so evocative. Like there is not a ton of writing, but what there is is always just exactly what it needs to be to convey this like weird space mood. Awesome. Like it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but it doesn't, it's not like going out of its way to be funny. And it's not just, it is nothing at all like a sh- shitty JRPG lore dump. It's just, man, I like this a lot. Vo- Void Pyramid. Um, and you got nothing to lose. You just download it on Steam and like, you'll know right away if you're going to enjoy it. I, I was playing pretty comprehensively and I found maybe two thirds of the treasures. There is, this must have, I get the sense that this was just made by the, by the creator of it, but there is a straight up game facts, like on gamefacts.com fact for it that explains how everything works and where all the, where all the secret stuff is, which I intended to go back and read after I finished it. There's a lot of different ways you get just these sort of like paragraphs about what happened to you when, when the game is over based on different things that you did, like how long it took you to finish it and how many monsters you killed and whether you did certain things or not. And there are a lot of different endings, like dozens and dozens of outcomes based on the way that you played it. I was in a GameStop the other day, and I saw just a hardcover strategy guide for Prey. Huh. And I was just like, I kind of want like a physical thing. Like I'm never going to read this book, but I kind of want just a physical thing like representing this game that I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've been doing the same thing with all hardcover collector's edition books of the games that I like. Actually, sometimes, um, what what's the name? Future Press, I think? The guys that did all of FromSoft's um, yeah, books. Yeah, that's Future Press. Yeah, I've been I've been buying... Except for the Fit I've been buying 3 theirs, strategy guide. I've been buying their strategy guides of just even games that I have no intention ever of playing <laughs> just because I, I kind of enjoy reading strategy guides and future presses sure. guides are so well, good. I've definitely like gone to game facts and read that stuff for fun. Yeah. I, I would really like flipping through a book that was just, here's everything in fallout three yeah. or whatever. I feel like you get a lot of the same experience of replaying it without yeah, having well, to hell, replay when it. I was yeah. playing fallout three when I was like, like really in it, like ensconced in that, game in that world i got the strategy guide uh not because i needed it but just because like here's something some way i can just like dip into this world when i'm not at my 360 mm-hmm. you know it was it was kind of it felt looking back on it, it's kind of weird god maybe that's the answer to i guess this was back before i had a mobile phone maybe this is the answer to me recreating the experience of playing Clive Barker's Undying and mm. Tron 2.0 without having to play them. Oh, maybe yeah, I just should pick hand up, out pick... people, hand out some strategy guides. Well, no, I'm saying for me, maybe I should just oh, I eBay a strategy guide yeah. for it and see. Like, what I don't know is would the Tron 2.0 strategy guide have the full text of all of the emails mm. right. that are in the the, the hard-to-reach jumping puzzle data cubes that you can right. that you can get them out of and probably not. Right. Um. Yeah, I was excited to see David Pittman on Twitter today or late last night or something mentioning how much of an influence Clive Barker's Undying was on oh, him as a developer because, like, no one else has played that as far as I know. It doesn't seem like it was very popular at the time, and I'd never hear anyone talking about it. But, man, I 
loved that. Did you play Eldritch? Yeah. Did do you do you feel like you can see the influence on Eldritch? Yeah, I think so. It, it's I mean, Clyde Barker's Undying was more it like it got close to having the like Deus Ex structure, but it was way more linear. Mm. But it was in the same kind of open world that you would revisit over and over again, but all that meant was that it was just sort of confusing and it was easy to get lost. It was I guess it was structured more like uh uh amnesia, right? Okay. Where there is a hub but branch like spokes from it open through plot events. Um but yeah, man. In Amnesia, you can't just go back to any of the places you've been, right? You can't just. Re- I think you can. Really? I don't remember. I remember it being pretty open once mm. you get out. But I mean, you just—they're—they're they're pretty good about like signaling where, like, what wing a door goes to. So you'll just like remember that you've already done that part. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Maybe I was just like too freaked out to want to go do anything but the most efficient path through the game. That's it. I'm going to get a Clive Barker's Undying Strategy Guide, and I'll yeah. report back on it yeah, whenever, yeah, I, whenever I get a hold of it, and we'll see. Since it's not a game, you can talk about it in the not game That's section. That's true. I've been reading about a game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also played, um, th- and this happens every once in a while, and I don't often remember to mention it, but uh, uh, a new one of the little Patreon vignettes from Kitty Horror Show's Patreon was released, and it's just a kind of a, she's been doing a lot of stuff with this shader that makes unity scenes just look like they're in doom resolution it like it's just a like a pixel shader but this one has some weird like edge warping Uh edge lord uh about it but you're just (laughs) running around this this kind of like this isn't like a full screen shader that just pixelates the frame buffer oh yeah Yeah. because like the way you want to do that is like per polygon like you want you want to change the rendering style of each polygon to have like the uh, you want like the you want sharp pixel edges on each wall, um, and then you want like the um, the the linear texture mapping, like the warping that you get, especially like as you get close to the edges of the screen. Like I don't think it would be anywhere near the same effect if it were just like take the f- like full Unity rendered frame buffer and re- render it at, like three twenty uh, by two forty. Uh, well, it's it's and I, I should shouldn't have said it was the Doom effect. It is an effect, and it's it's fine. Okay, you know. All right. I mean, it just makes it it, it it's like, kind of like if everything was just sort of had Vaseline on the lens. Okay. You know, I mean, it yeah. just makes it makes everything a little more mysterious. It makes it a little sure. trickier. Makes it a little trickier yeah. to tell what stuff is before you actually wander over to it, which is like that's a nice. Evocative yeah, feature of, a, is, of yeah, a world. That is something that, like, of the like old 3D stuff. As much as I give it, give old 3D shit for just like looking way worse than old 2D. Um, like, if you play Alone in the Dark, like, even when a monster is like eating your fucking face, it's really like you can't see the monster <laughs> because it's just made of these this noise of pixels. Yeah, I mean, Jaws Twelve was polygons. so much scarier yeah. because the shark was only like three polygons, right? Uh, the, but the, the new one of those is called Needle Rust or something like that. They just That's have a these really like, good name. Goth. If if they, that was not actually the name. You need to use that for something. Goth. I'm pretty sure that is the name. Okay. Um, and it's like, you know, you start out and you have five batteries and there's, there's all these like sort of industrial looking buildings with just kind of weird, slightly off angle textures that are just very very low res photographs of buildings on the side of them and there's some weird sculptures and piles of stuff that's on fire and she's fond of having like 
the sky just filled with sort of ominous shapes that aren't really skybox. They're just like geometry that's far enough away that it just looks like decoration, but it still moves like you're moving around under it in 3D. Yeah. Um, and hidden amongst these buildings are just these radios. And when you put a battery in the radio, it creates a big wall of text on one of the walls of the nearest building. And the text is just always like just gross shit about things hatching from eggs full of teeth and stuff like it's I, I don't know it's like it's the kind of stuff that if I wasn't so into it I would deride it for being real hokey uh, <laughs> but it's like it just like, I don't like, know her stuff is always just my kind of hokey yeah it's I, yeah it's good I feel like that's kind of how I am with prey too oh yeah just like, like it, you just is, you just buy their particular form of like lore lording ridiculous sci-fi yeah 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 no yeah. What about you, Kevin? Uh, the only game I played this week that was new was uh, an iOS game called Star Vikings Forever. Uh, it is, I think it is sort of billed as like a, a little sort of strategic battle game, but it, it really plays more like a puzzle game because you have, um, eventually you get up to a party of like five characters, but you start off with one one character and you're in like a little scenario where you have five different lanes and enemies in some of the lanes and you need to traverse from one side of the space to the other and either kill the enemies or avoid them. Um, and you have a very limited sort of resource set, uh, like hit points are very, always stay below 10. You'd love that. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you do one or two or three or four damage, maybe depending on sort of what you've been leveling the character to do. Um, and as you get more characters and the the game progresses, it becomes more and more sort of tricky to figure out how am I going to use my limited resources to get all of my characters to the other side of the screen. Uh, and it seems like there's probably a couple of good strategies about how you're going to do that. And I don't know. It's just it just seems like a, it's it, it it started off kind of slow, but then it built up into a a pretty sort of interesting, robust problem repeated over and over again and they, they keep adding new mechanics at a at a sort of just enough of a rate to keep things interesting that's cool yeah is it is it like ad supported or did it just cost some money it was or? like five bucks or something okay. so and a recommended perch uh yeah i think so what would you compare it to like what's a, what's a game that it's mm. similar to that is an excellent question because it kind of sounds like like in a like a more kind of constrained like advance wars or something maybe i never played advance mm. wars um what's a what's a referent for advance wars that kevin would have played um do you play final fantasy tactics nope any of the do, do you play D miniatures <laughs> no, no, i didn't play fire emblem i, I mean maybe it is Tom? maybe it's just like one of these games and i just don't know because i don't have a, i don't have a referent for it um, did those games feel like puzzle games when you got into them or did they feel like you were uh, just sort of R- RPGing across. Puzzly. They were puzzly. I mean, in the sense that you had units that did a very discrete amount of damage and had a ring, an area that they could attack, well, and it was sort of about tactically positioning you know, here. Well, I mean, advanced Diskaya wars were explicit. Yeah, Diskaya had there's there's a really easy way to determine whether this game is inspired by the this family of games, and is is it isometric? Advanced wars was not isometric. Oh, that's a good point. It is sort of has like a two D. It's sort of like like a what we're doing with uh, 
Master of Loathing. It's like so it's little sprites animated in a slightly. But it's in two D. So are the are the tiles on the screen square or diamond? Uh, square. Is it, okay. so? It's this sounds. But with what's perspective. That, is it like the Banner Saga then? Banner Saga, you ha- you are like is a lot more of a open battlefield. This is literally like you you your characters can only move right, okay. unless they have a special okay. power that allows them to change lanes. Um, so and you, you, that is so like that is a major calculords, maybe, but without the math, right? Like okay. So yeah. I'm just going to play it. Okay. And then I'll know whether it's like all these things I'm asking you, whether it's like that you've never played. Cool. Nothing else? Just yeah, that? nothing. I mean, I've played a little more Hearthstone because it's the, it's that fire festival. Oh yeah, it's the fire festival. Ah. Quests are worth double gold. Good way to, good way to save up on some gold. Yeah. Just to not actually pay the band you're going to have played fire festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And serve. Oh yeah. <laughs> shitty cheese sandwiches to your rich clientele. Yeah. In, in a single cheese sandwich tent. hardly has any cheese on it. We can't have that. I could lose my job, Jim. I could lose all this. That's from Freddy Got Fingered. Okay. Have you not seen Freddy Got Fingered? I have not seen it. We should be making an assignment. <laughs> we could. I, I don't know. There's probably some edgelord bullshit. It, like, it's probably secretly the origin of, of uh, well, the we, clan. We can, <laughs> we can find out together. Okay. I, I, I rewatched Dude, Where's My Car? And I, I was... I, it, it, some of it was real transphobic, and it kind of bothered me. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I'm too woke that's uh i'm yeah. so woke i can't enjoy anything anymore yeah like was well, that's from like the late 90s early 2000s yeah, yeah. it is yeah. it is weird going back even 10 or 15 years and yeah. seeing yeah. how it, just like, just super common and just not nobody blinks an eye at it well it, like i think it's still like transphobia is still a-okay in the world of stand-up comedy hmm. like even nowadays that seems and that seems surprising to me because I feel like there's... It's, yeah, and in movies, at least, it feels like... I, I think it would feel pretty out of place now if there was a joke that the entirety of the joke was like, oh, I thought it was a hot woman, but there's a dick yeah. there. Like, that, I don't... That would seem really out of place to me, even in, like, a mainstream movie. Yeah. Even if it wouldn't necessarily bother, yep. you know, my relatives back in Illinois, if the woman they were about to sleep with turned out to have a dick. <laughs> I, no, no. If that were if that were made the joke on a movie, yeah, yeah. Um, was your contention that the crying game was a was a comedy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, crying that part of transpotting. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Riff? Uh, the the one new game I got into this uh, this past week and a half uh, was a phone game, another clicker game uh, called uh, Realm Realm Grinder. Uh, okay, so, so Jim's probably into yeah. This. So I was gonna say Jim, Jim will like it. It has it has realms. Yeah, it's a good one. It, there was a it was on Congregate years ago. Yeah, it's it's really uh, surprisingly deep for a clicker because uh, it's it's got a ton of like like it does the thing where you you play oh, through to your build your realm. Yeah, well you <laughs> you play through your realm and and until you hit the point where the where the grinding curve is too steep and then you reboot it and and start oh, I over th- i thought you meant like then you give up and play something else <laughs> well that that would you, be you know you sort of prestige that, you yeah, unlock right. different you, races you and stuff and, and it's yeah and each race 
plays really differently. Like they're, yeah. they're divided. They up. are genuinely, interestingly different. Yeah, like maybe, maybe I've played this. Are there like vampires and stuff? There's evil races and good races, right. and that determines yeah, like what. And and the yeah, different yeah. races have different names for the buildings along the side right. and stuff. But they've they reskinned it in a way that made me never want to look at it again. It really? like it used to just like. be like really like a menu. Now it's a map. And I, yeah, it's the like map doesn't this, really do anything except give you something. It was, yeah, it was just sort of like text kind of before, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. the, the map is really just a picture to look at what, and a space that you can tap on without accidentally activating anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And every faction plays really differently. And like, I, I played it for a while just to see what each of the first six factions was like and then unlocked a completely new mechanic and played around with that for a little bit and it started dropping clues as to how to unlock new factions and I unlocked some of those and those led to other new factions that work completely differently and I don't know. Yeah, it's, and there's some like stuff. There's there's one faction that's like crazy difficult to figure out how to unlock and it, like it was definitely like a had this open in a in a tab on a second monitor for like weeks hmm. when I discovered it. It's I don't know. Yeah. It's a pretty good incremental game as incremental games go. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was about it. That I didn't know they had it on I didn't know they had it on the telephone. I'm a little less excited by that because it's real hard for me to imagine playing a clicker game on my phone. Because clicker games are things you play while you're at work. Well, you just put on your phone. A second monitor. It, it is a second monitor. It's just a small. It's a much smaller monitor that is on your desk facing upwards. <laughs> right. or, or towards you if you have a dock. Like mine sure. is just literally just another little screen. I'll, I'll occasionally use that as like a thing that I reference while I'm looking at my main monitor. Oh, so if you get confused about gravity, you can look at your dock to determine what's up. Right. <laughs> And you can just ask Siri what's up. Did you see the the tweet that Ryan made where he was looking at some pictures of speakers speakers that he owned on Amazon and they were oriented 180 degrees like upside down from what he said. Right. He said, "Oh no, have I had my monitor upside down this whole time?" <laughs> but I think they're monitor speakers. No, they're right. They're separate. Like they're freestanding speakers. Yeah, I also yeah. thought he was making that joke, but I don't think he was. What? I think I think that the monitor the, those speakers yeah, are. No, I think, I he, think he was he referring to the, as monitors. The monitors, like the speaker. Oh, monitors. well, that's. I know. Well, I know. I, I know. I like. I also. I, like. I went on the same journey. <laughs> Ryan is a real funny guy. <laughs> he just did not make that. He did oh, not make man, the like. Tell him that joke. the meta joke that you thought was funnier than the. But it wasn't just. It's not just a single speaker. It's two speakers, and he. So he, and it was a singular monitor. It's. Right. Right. <laughs> did, he, did he say? Maybe that I was, thought he said monitors, but. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe not. He said maybe monitor I just and I just corrected it in my head. Maybe yeah. or maybe I did the opposite. Or maybe he did make this meta joke. Uh, maybe he'll tell us. Yeah, yeah. He listens. He okay. listens to this podcast. <laughs> he was saying that he uh, he was listening to the old uh, my brother, my brother and me episodes and heard a an ad for Word Realms and was like, I did away. not remember that we advertised Word Realms on. Mm-hmm. What a terrible idea that was. Hmm. Wait, so we're like, were they talking like they, they, this is the form of ad where the, the people on the podcast actually talk about the yeah, thing. This was very early. Like we were their first ad. Yeah. An ad for KOL was like the first ad that they ever did on my brother, my brother and me when Max Fun first picked him up and they started doing ads. Yeah. Um, we, we were, we were trendsetters. We knew it was going to be good. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> oh, we knew what was going to be effective, and it <laughs> is not ads for our video games. <laughs> um, no, but two of those guys work for Polygon now, so. Yeah. Yeah, boy, believe me, we're trying. Um, hey, speaking of uh, listening to this podcast, are you guys ready to talk about the assignment? Sure. Yeah. sure. Tin star, choice mm. of choice of sheriffs. Um, I got, I think, like 75 or 80% of the way through it. I really intended to finish it before we got on here. Um, what chapter so, were you on? End of four, I think, oh, wow. and I assume okay. that there were five or six. It's there's a lot of game there. There's a um, lot of game. It so I, yeah. I didn't really realize how it, maybe not all choice of games are like this, but there are a lot of variables that it is tracking about your skills and your like affinities with certain people in this and. Like you get these little interludes between story chapters where you can kind of go do some stuff that alters those in various ways. And it makes it a lot more game than book. Yeah. Than I was expecting it, it was, to be. It's kind of spoilery, honestly. Like you can look at those stats immediately and see the your... names of a bunch of characters that you haven't met yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would, if, given the, code base or whatever i would recommend like hiding those yeah like in the stats and you could see underscores in the variable names so that was clearly like just right. this just throw this feature in last second because we need it so for some reason i don't remember choice of broadsides having or it was debug information for a while this like, kind of i don't either systematized choice stuff. of broadsides was very old yeah right and this was a pretty recent one sure. i think they um i i don't want to spend too long on this, but I I thought the writing in this game was pretty bad. Mm. I didn't have a real problem with it. You mean like I also the, didn't the, get the nearly sentence by sentence? The prose, yeah. yeah. Like, I think the yeah. prose was just mechanically pretty bad. It was like I, I thought it was serviceable, but like I wasn't didn't care about the actual story at all. Yeah, I ended I, up just skimming a lot problems. of stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was yeah. like unnecessarily florid and but not in an interesting way and yeah just it was just like they yeah. real fast it's just like they and did a pass where they were like shit we need more adjectives yeah, and, and just added a lot more but they weren't like yeah. good adjectives right. and so was there a plot reason why the protagonist had to be someone who was about to be executed like the, I have to imagine it is because in the end you learn that you've just hallucinated this entire thing while oh, you were falling through the okay, gallows trapdoor. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> that. I mean, that would, that would make me feel better bridge. about the ridiculous opening. That's what, yeah, that's what I assume is happening. And since yeah. if you never finish it, that's just what it can be. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I probably am going to finish it. Man, I something about the UI sure does make it so I pretty consistently accidentally choose the first thing in the list instead of whatever I wanted to do. So I made some, er I made some early choices that were not the choices that I wanted to make, which kind of made me not give a shit about who my character was uh, the entire rest of the time. So yeah, it's, um, the other thing that was a weird to me was that like a lot of the time you have the option to say something ridiculous or make a ridiculous choice. And like the rest of the pros in the game never really reflect that. Like it's it's the rest of it. So like I'll open. I got to get back to my hospital for lawyers yeah, or my that law firm for doctors yeah. or whatever. Like yeah, that was that seems so strange. 
to me. Yeah. Because it like a lot of those choices, you are actually determining your backstory. Right. But I don't. I didn't understand exactly like how much of this is just you revealing something that's that's already in your backstory, and how much of this is you deciding what your character is. Well, that's. I mean, I feel like that was kind of the kind of the thing about what Sean what Sean did with The Walking Dead, right? Like they don't spell out whether you're deciding or revealing, right? What what happened in the protagonist's past, and it's like just kind of better that way. The, I guess I'm just curious mechanically. How does it work? Yeah, I mean you're picking your name and it just sets those variables on your character. So I assume that everything else is doing that too. Like it's it doesn't seem like the kind of thing where this guy was tracking what you've told various people, as opposed to just tracking you know where you came from and what you did. I accidentally named my character Doc Brown, <laughs> um, and then I thought. Initially, what if I just role play as though I were Doc Brown from Back to the Future? Like, yeah, that's good. But I it never gave me the option to build any cool shit out of. <laughs> There's out a of building coconuts. thing stat. Yeah, yeah, and you can you can like get land in the like interludes. You can like build a house or whatever, and I assume that some of that eventually pays off. I got to the point where I was able to start a romance, mm, okay. um, and I don't know when that. But it got complicated right away because the, the it turns out one of the head bad guys is like the father of the woman that you start the romance with. Um, yeah, Isn't that always the case. I just yeah, yeah. father in law is always a crime lord and an edge lord. Edge lord, yeah. <laughs> um, I I kind of want a game that that is just the interludes. The part where you're like really dicking with your stats. Yeah, of? and none of the systems. Wait, what? Not not none of the systems. Sorry, none of the narrative. Like ah. none of the sto- none of the story chapter. I mean, that's more. Let's like that's kind of what KOL is, right? But what it's do like you do with your what, stats. You you cases? get different outcomes when you try other stuff, but you get it like a paragraph at a time rather than a chapter at a time. Like uh, that's the like so, especially if the writing is not going to be any better than this. So like, you're thinking something like "Don't starve, but in text form." Sure. Yeah. Like, don't shit your pants. Like, yeah. where there's oh, yeah. something that you're trying not to do, <laughs> right. but all of that is being communicated to you via text. Right. Right. You know, just, yeah, a little, a little more, or maybe like not even randomness, just, you know, there's, what was it? What was that game that was, there was a phone version of it and it was about you being the AI on like a colony ship and making a bunch of decisions about what systems to repair and what systems get damaged and stuff. And you, you keep scanning new planets and over time you can upgrade your scanners to learn more about the planets before you decide to put your colonists there. But the longer you go, because the game takes place over the, over the course of centuries, like the more of your colonists like die in cryo sleep. And so it's, it's just a game where you make a bunch of mechanical decisions about a bunch of systems and a bunch of random shit happens, and then it gives you a reasonably long narrative about the ending, and that would have been great in this, like, just a... This is, this is an actual game you're describing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Seed Ship, hmm. maybe? That sounds familiar. I think I just heard the the Crate and Crowbar word that was talked about. That makes sense. I'm surprised. I played a bunch of it, but... 
it's like like every once in a while I will just I'll discover something on a Thursday and play the shit out of it and then by the time we do the podcast again <laughs> I f- forget that I've played it especially right. before I started keeping my little notebook which I wrote down void pyramid in so I'd be sure I'm not because I played that before I left on my trip and I was like really scared that I was going to forget to and you you did whatever talk you were going to talk about when I with Tron oh no. Okay. I didn't. Because you mentioned uh, Tron, so I didn't yeah. know I needed to. No, no, no. Um, I got a text from Matt Rather, uh, who, from the, from, uh, overthinkingit.com and the Overthinking It podcast, who he texted me because he lives around the corner from this restaurant, uh, that, oh, like, yeah. his girlfriend used to, used to work there, that, well, okay, the, a person who used to be his girlfriend used to work at this restaurant. So this is like a lot of different past tenses now. Um, but it's a pretty good restaurant and it's close to his house. So we would eat there all the time when I go visit him. But also it is the building that was Flynn's arcade from oh, Tron. Wow. And he, and he sent me pictures because there was like a Tron, like an impromptu informal Tron convention that happened in the like restaurant the other mob. day. And so it's just like this fancy restaurant. And the pictures that he showed me were just like, well, there's a fancy restaurant with like sort of rich, really put together L.A. people on dates and then like Tron guy, basically, (laughs) is pretty good. Like if I had known about that, I probably would have gone down there to see him just so I could go to the Tron thing. (laughs) Um yeah, oh yeah, that was my Tron. Thank you for reminding me of that. That that, Wait, so that was, Tron was just one Tron guy. I only saw a picture of one Tron guy. I assume there were some others, but if it's a convention, then you just, yeah, you just get one Tron guy. Yeah. What mm-hmm. if it's a Tron guy and then a bunch of mirrors, so it looks like there are several? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Or what, he was the only program, and everybody else there was cosplaying as users, <laughs> so they were just normal like like programmers. But but programmers in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been. Long enough that that style's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, no, it's 90s now. Yeah, Everybody, it's everybody's late. everybody's wearing their pants backwards like crisscross. That's right. Was that in the 90s? Uh, I think so, yeah. Early 90s. What did people do in the 90s? Uh, Torn jeans, right? Okay, yeah. So that's back. Yeah. Never went away, man. Never went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, does anybody else have anything to say about, about this? Um, nah. I don't think so. I I kind of feel like it would have been better with way less text mm-hmm. because something that systemic makes me want to replay it. There's no way I'm going to replay this. Yeah. If I if I finish it once, there is no way I'm going to play through it again. I remember Choice of Broadsides, which is the only other Choice of Games, which is why I keep bringing it up, uh, the only other Choice of Game that I have played. Uh, I remember it being a lot shorter. I think I played through that two or three times, and this one just kept going on and on and on, and I was like, uh, like, I was just surprised at how much there was to it, and I, it said it said that it was thirty thousand words, and I think a a very high percentage of them are non-optional. Okay, is what's that, going that on there. The so I mean, it ends up being like so. Then that's not a very good replay value. I mean, that's that is like you you having to play through the same story again to to tweak just small little things right like i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe there are a bunch of more sweeping changes that you can you can make uh as you play through i remember this some um, there was a series of books that i don't think was very popular and i don't think they made very many of them that i got at like a scholastic book fair or something when i was a kid but they were choose your own adventure books that were amazing stories licensed oh, that huh. like spielberg tv show yeah, that was yeah. sort of the more fantastical twilight zone thing and I read one of them and really, really liked it, 
uh, it was called the 4D Funhouse. I think it was like kind of about a, like a House of Leaves kind of house, like that I'm generalizing based on other people talking about House of Leaves, given that I've never read it. Uh, sorry, Riff. <laughs> and the 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 structure of it though was it was like novel like kids novel length like you know like a not not as long as like the well maybe maybe like harry potter 1 length but there were maybe like six choices in a playthrough so the sections between choices were really really long and yeah. you you like there's there's not you're not going to reread Right. The, like it, like the only way to really consume that book, if you're trying to consume all of it is, In oh, well, way. just all of these things happened. Right. Right. It just because I, I read them. There is, I think there is like a, there's a sweet spot that was pretty much what choose your own adventure books did, which was like half a page to a page and then yeah. a, a couple of choices. Yep. Also having like nine or 10 choices. Also, in like it, when there would be a ton of choices, you know, sometimes you could sort of exhaustively go through them, but sometimes you were just picking one thing and it would move on. Yeah, and that's too many for me to like want to like stick my thumb in yeah. kind of thing. Even if that were an option, I'd be like, ah, eh, that's too much stuff going on. You know, if you get killed in this, you get like sometimes you get options about how far you want to rewind. Oh, huh. Um, which was which was kind of them. Although as I started like doing more and more skimming and less and less reading. I didn't really understand. Like, it would give me three options of points to rewind to, and I was like, uh, which one of these was the most recent? Because I right. wasn't really paying attention to what old Doc Brown was up to, if we're being perfectly honest, for for the last little while. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, for a game like this, I really want to not get more than a sentence or two of text at a time, I think. Unless the text itself is really good right like i'm okay with our longer form stuff because i think that the text is inherently valuable because it's funny and that's kind of what we're delivering but this was not and you know the other thing that that it it really made me appreciate riff how good you are at writing dialogue that sounds like things that people would say because man oh man were there a lot of things in quotation marks that it was impossible to like imagine a person saying out loud (laughs) like it just was like is this going like westworld because these people are talking like robots where they like choose all of the wrong times to use contractions and all the times that you should use them they don't and it is weird Hmm. that you know i don't there there is like a quality control process on these that dan Fabulous described to us like you can't it isn't just like anyone can do this no matter how how bad they are at it and he said they have never had one of these fail to make money like they they pay an amount to the writers and they have while it is theoretically possible for them not to recoup they it has never happened and that is astonishing to me that's great. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Think yeah. There is a, there is an audience out there like for reliable. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it is great. I mean, that's you know, I was saying this last time. Like, they're a company that reminds me in some important ways of Asymmetric. In that, whenever they tell people, "Oh yeah, I've heard of you," I had no idea that this was even one person's job, much less a, a thing team. that had made enough money to sustain a team for ten years. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I mean, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm less excited about others based on the quality of the writing in this one, which is not fair because like this, they're all, this novels. guy doesn't write all of them, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. You know, it, 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 this is the kind of criticism that I feel bad leveling, but it's, I, I, it's, I didn't want to talk about it that much, but yeah, just would have been better. A couple sentences at a time, more systemy for my money, at least. Sure. Yeah, it's five bucks. Five, I've bought a lot of books for five bucks and got ten pages into them. Like, eh, this is not good. And quit Maybe reading it, it, and it was fine. It is meant to be a thing that you only ever play through once, and you just have your own unique story, and that's it. You know. Uh, so uh, I believe that it is the next episode where we'll have uh, Gary Butterfield as a special guest. I don't. I think that's a week away, right? Okay. Uh, and the, the week away will be the 21st. Yeah, I believe. So it'll be, it'll be around then. It might be, it might be a day or too late, but I don't think we're not going to, we're not going to do another one. Or are we going to do one Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. So, so like Kevin's also out of town. So yeah, um, our schedule's going to be off for a little while because of, because of my unexpected having to travel and Kevin's expected having to travel. But um, are we going to do it on that weekend? I don't, yeah, sometime that weekend, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, in theory, the plan is Gary Butterfield is going to join us because he's, uh, he's coming to town for a bit and hanging out. And so that's going to be fun. And for the assignment, we're going to play, uh, the game that was just released a couple days ago by our friend Tim Conkling, uh, called Anti-Hero. Anti-Hero? Um, it's, I, I had already bought it and played it a little before I knew we were going to do it as the assignment. And it's, it's good. I like it a lot. It's kind of um, like a digital board game. Digital board game. Yeah. It's, it, it does stuff that you wouldn't do in a board sure. game. I don't think, but, um, yeah, it's like you're, it's a sort of a tactical game about you, uh, opening up a thieves guild in a new neighborhood in, you know, what's like a, like a sort of Victorian London oh, and, uh, sending, seen that. Yeah. Sending urchins to control churches for you so you can gather blackmail material on people and score points to beat out the other, the other thieves. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Is this on Steam? It is on Steam. Yep. Um, oh, speaking of which, I told, I told, uh, Gary that our, our generous Patreon backers would buy him a copy of it so that he could play it. So I need to do that and send him a key. Uh, speaking of our generous Patreon backers, do you know who this episode was brought to us by? Who? Maxine Powers. Our generous Patreon backers, such as Maxine Powers. Maxine Pad. Hmm. Tammy Pawn. Maxine Powers. <laughs> Diva Cupsworth. Uh, uh, oh, dear. This, one, this one's yours, Zach. Yeah, this is <laughs> all you. <laughs> no, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> I regret having started. You made this joke. Now sleep in it. <laughs> gentlemen i've had a fantastic time uh right up until the end there of recording <laughs> this episode of video games hot dog with you and i hope we do it again real soon except without that part uh and listeners i hope you'll join us and uh um and if you do that's great and if, and you, if don't, you don't i totally understand i'll understand yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll i'll get it if you need to take a need to take, take a little a break. break yeah we'll we'll still be here when you when you come back and uh if you come back if you ever come back yeah. would you bring a pizza Remember that song from the 90s? Cockaboo-boo-balaya. <laughs> uh, Cockaboo-boo-balaya. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. <laughs>